Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, But uh, as I said earlier this week, people know. I take classified documents and classified material seriously. Is that right? You take classified documents and classified material seriously. You know, it's funny. For all the detractors that are out there who wanted to yell at me and scream at me about my take on Joe Biden and these classified documents first found in an office that he had at the UPenn Biden Center after he was vice president, but before he ran for president. Then a second set of documents found in his private office in the same building, and now documents found at his garage. All those people who, when I was saying, why haven't we searched his houses yet? Oh, my gosh, Tony, what, you just want to raid his house? Is that it? Just full of vengeance? No. I understand that where there's one, there could be another. And when it's Joe Biden, he doesn't remember where he put anything. It would seem to me rational that if you found uh, classified documents at his office, you would check his home. It seems to me rational that if you found classified documents at Donald Trump's home, you would check maybe other locations. And where does this lead us? To Joe Biden's home. Joe Biden's home. Classified documents parked right next to his little Corvette. I just had to get to it first before anybody else did. It had to be done. Did I introduce myself? Tony Katz. Hey, how you doing? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Anybody want to defend him? Anybody want to defend Joe Biden? Anybody want to tell me how it's worse what Trump did? At the very least, the rational mind would say, man, we got a lot of people out there taking classified documents who shouldn't. That's a problem. But no, I want to talk to the people who want to defend him. I want to talk to the people who want to tell me, well, what Trump did was worse. Why? Because you didn't like him? Because you think he's a big meanie? I want to know why it's okay for one and not the other. I want to know why you would defend Joe Biden. I want to know why so many people take classified documents with them. And don't tell me it's all because, well, you see, somebody uh, packs the boxes. You see, Joe Biden doesn't pack his own boxes. Somebody packs uh, the, 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 the boxes for him, and he doesn't know what he has. Okay. 
Who packed the boxes? And when do we throw them in jail? And I'm not talking about some kind of jail where it's like Goodfellas and someone's slicing the garlic extra thin, right? And you get the you get the 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 the, the, the fresh tomatoes coming in. You make the sauce. Oh, Tommy, Tommy, he makes. Have you had Tommy's sauce? Oh, what a sauce he he's got. He's got a whole system for it. No, I want. Hey, is someone gonna let me see some sunlight this week? Prison. That's the prison I'm looking for. They're classified documents. This is an American question, not a political question. And if your politics are coming into play here, chances are, as a person, you suck. Because what you favor is the rule of man versus the rule of law. That is what we're looking at. The rule of law is that we have systems. Nobody is above the system. And if you violate the system, well, there could be charges. There could be charges. There is a a, a crime for violating those rules. We live within the rules. The rules state that classified information has to be in classified areas. When you violate those rules, there has to be a punishment. That punishment could be monetary, or that punishment could be time in jail. I don't favor the monetary. I favor the jail time. And so we understand each other, so you understand me. I want people to spend time in jail. If you or I were caught With any classified documents in our possession, we would never see the light of day again. You or I with classified... If you or I don't pay every last penny of our taxes, they'll come after us. They'll seize assets. They'll garnish wages. What? It's Donald Trump. He gets a pass? Allow me to be clear. I don't give a damn. I don't give a you-know-what damn about him being president. You don't get to have classified documents. You think I care that Joe Biden's the president of the United States? I don't give a damn. It's not a pass. They didn't pack the boxes. Well, who packed the boxes? Let's throw those bastards in jail. Well, it's Harvey Keitel. Someone's got to go to jail. Now, there's a, uh, there's a difference between Trump and Biden. And the difference, of course, is this idea that Trump was president at the time and he could therefore declassify documents. He could declassify documents. Now, you may not like it, but honestly, and I have to say this to you honestly, uh, in the immortal words of Tommy Lee Jones, I don't care. As a matter of fact, Sam Sam's running the board today. Find Tommy Lee Jones. What is that? It's it's uh it's not it's not the untitled. Where, where, where he, it's it's Harrison Ford, and he's uh he's the fugitive. It's the fugitive. Can you find Tommy Lee Jones saying I don't care? I'm going to need that more and more in my life. There's an argument that he could have declassified these documents. An argument. I'm not saying he did. I'm saying that it was an argument. You know that Joe Biden doesn't have that argument. No, no, uh, save it and send it over to me. He, he's found it. He's very excited. Thank you, Sam. The argument of him declassifying can exist. The argument uh, doesn't exist for Joe Biden because Joe Biden can't declassify anything. 
You're vice president of the United States. You have two jobs as I see it. Smoke cigars and wait for someone to die. I would be a world-class vice president. Hang out the Naval Observatory, smoke cigars, and like every hour check in. Oh, still alive? All right, call me when you're done. Call me Call me if something stops beating. All right, good talk. Good talk, all right. And that'd be me. Oh, that'd be me. Oh, I'd have parties. I'd be smoking briskets right there on the front lawn. Can't really see the front lawn of the observatory. But trust me, I'd be doing it. I guarantee you if I was president of the United States, I would invite people to uh, smoke briskets on the South Lawn. Oh, yeah. All throughout the summer months. Oh, it smells so great. Well, I, I'm, I'm a man of the people. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Biden has no excuse for having these documents. None. And I want to know who wants to defend him. I want to know why you're so desperate to defend him. Why can't you admit that wrong is wrong? It would seem to me that's the rational course. It would seem to me that that is the thing that matters. Now, what happens next with these classified documents that were found at one of his homes? Well, the White House Counsel's Office has searched Biden's two residences in Rehoboth Beach and Wilmington this week after finding out about the documents. Uh, Lawyers immediately contacted the DOJ when they discovered the documents this week. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that they didn't check his houses back on November 2nd? The original documents we were told about, told about, they were in an office at this UPenn Biden Center in Washington, D.C., in collaboration with the University of Pennsylvania. And they were found on November 2nd, six days before the midterm elections, and we were not told. We were not notified. You're telling me between November 2nd and January, whatever it is, they didn't search his house? They only did that this week? I wonder how many things they were able to get rid of in between those two moments. Can you, if it was you, you think you'd have two months to move some things around? Move the documentation? Special counsel uh, to uh, the president, Richard Sauber, as we stated previously, this is uh, President Biden's lawyer, we are fully cooperating with the National Archives and the Department of Justice in a process to ensure that any Obama-Biden administration records are appropriately in possession of the archives. None of that matters. As was done in the case of the Penn-Biden Center, the Department of Justice was immediately notified and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of these documents. That also doesn't matter. He has them in multiple places. And never mind that crime. And the FBI, the DOJ, didn't check his house for two and a half months? So I don't know what I'm more upset by, the criminality or the incompetence. The purposeful 
willful incompetence, one would question. By the way, where are the photos of all the documents laid out on the floor? You know I love a good uh, a floor display of classified documents. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all the rage. Everybody's doing it. They did, they did it for Trump. And that's I, all right. So that's all they've done. They've done it for Trump. Maybe maybe they'll do it for Biden. Maybe it'll still be there. Yet there are people who want to tell you, who want to share with you, want you to believe that there is somehow a difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And with Joe Biden, it's all okay. Totally. Now, so there are questions here. It is night and day different from Trump. But as you say, when exactly did they find them? When did they turn them over? What exactly are the classification markings? All that is true. And it's a political headache now growing to migraine proportions and maybe policy questions about why is it easy, so easy, apparently, to spirit out documents. This is the third or fourth person I've heard talk about this being a political headache. This is criminal activity. Political headache doesn't even cover it. This isn't political. This is a crime against us. It's not? Wait, it's not because it was when it was Trump. How is it not now? When you note this double standard, as many people have, you should know that you're not crazy. The question is, what are you going to do about it? What is the plan of attack within? My plan is to never let them forget. And my plan is certainly not uh, to allow them to try and engage this wordplay to downplay the criminal action that Joe Biden, based on the evidence, is obviously guilty of. Again, you're going to tell me he doesn't pack his own boxes? Who packed the boxes and what hole are they going in? January 6th protesters in solitary. Someone's got classified documents in Joey's garage and nothing's going to happen to them? Nah. That's, that's not a good way to run a country, but it's a hell of a way to keep a banana republic. Keep it here. That's Representative George Santos. He's not resigning. Democrats have filed an ethics complaint. Nassau County, New York Republicans have said, oh, this guy's a fraud. I mean, he lied about everything. He lied about uh, his history. He lied about his religion. He lied about his education. The only thing George Santos hasn't done is put classified documents in his garage. That's it. He hasn't gone full Biden on that one. He's a, he's a smarmy cat. Smarmy, smarmy, smarmy. But he's not going to resign. And by the way, 
He's right. I'm not saying that the people of New York are wrong. They can put all the pressure on him they want. He got elected. He's probably going to vote the way you want for a couple of years. Then you're going to primary him. And you're going to replace him, and that's going to be that. But ask yourself, if you're him, do you resign? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Uh, the answer is no. There'd be no point. Your career is over. Right? If we're discussing your career as a politician, it's done. Now, I say this. Uh, while I remind you of uh, Mark Sanford. Mark Sanford was the governor of, of South Carolina. Had the affair. Literally told his family he was hiking on Father's Day uh, on the Appalachian Trail, and he flew down to Argentina to be with his lover. That's what he did. And then, years later, he runs for Congress and gets elected. He ran for Congress and got elected. There are second acts in America. Just not for George Santos. There is um, there is just no place for him. So why should he resign when his career is over? Might as well spend two years in Congress, get a couple of votes going, and then, you know, enough people forget you'll land a job. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's a lawyer, uh, some law firm or some PR firm or, or some lobbying outfit. And people are like, hey, weren't you the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I voted for this. I voted for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I'll move on. Or he'll move out of New York. He'll live somewhere in Colorado and he'll tend bar. But it doesn't pay for him to resign. He doesn't care how loud the chorus gets. He has no place to go. There is no calculation to make otherwise. Ask yourself. He resigns. Now what? Now what? What does he get out of it? And the answer is nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. So he's not going to do it. So you don't have to worry about it. Meanwhile, the inflation numbers are in, and the inflation numbers are peculiar because Joe Biden wants to tell you how everything's great. Prices are going down and wages are going up. It's not what the numbers say. It's not what the numbers say. Then again, he considers his garage a safe space for classified documents because, after all, the Russians haven't come for his Corvette that we know of. Economist Dr. Matt Will joins us next. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today.
So when you take a look at that headline, Consumer Price Index, that'll tell you that inflation has eased. Inflation eases in December, but prices remain stubbornly high. That, according to Fox Business. The people over there at CNBC, consumer prices fell 0.1% in December, in line with expectations from economists. Those are two very, very different headlines. And as I look at this, staring at the data, I think both those headlines still don't tell the whole story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Ooh, I got a little choked up just thinking about it. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis and world traveler as well. We take a look at these numbers. And all you want to see, or all they want to see over there on Wall Street, is that it fell in line and everything is great. Doesn't seem like the market is really super excited about it. That's CNBC headline, sir. Consumer prices fell 0.1% in December, reflecting a slowdown for inflation. Um, this uh, This the right headline? Tony, it's 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 somewhat laughable because uh, CNBC I consider usually pretty reliable, um, but we're excited because uh, year over year we're still at six and a half percent. In what world is six and a half percent inflation considered exciting? And Tony, remove inf- remove energy, remove gasoline, just the stuff you put in your tank. If you remove that, this thing has actually gone up the last month. Not down, it's gone up. And the decrease in price has nothing to do with what this administration doing. It has to do with the fact that Russia has figured out a way around the sanctions, which we've talked about previously, and the world is heading into a recession. When you go into a recession, energy prices drop. But Tony, there's one energy price that's up. There's one that's up, and it's up 36% last month. It's your utility bill with the gas going into your house. That is the one energy price that is going up, the one you actually are using to heat your home this winter. Now, wait a second. You annualize things. So when you say 36%, I'm staring at it. I'm staring at the BLS report. And by the way, anybody can, bls.gov. Take a look for yourself and see where the, the reporting doesn't match the reality. Which line are you referring to? Because what I see is that energy commodities month over month are down 4.5%. I'm sorry, Tony, I'm at 26%. My, my mistake. If you go to the utility piped gas services, 3% in one month, 3% times 12, Tony, 3% times 12. Oh, that is 36. That is 36. It is 36. 3% in one month times 12 is 36%, Tony. That's how much your gasoline annualized is going up, the, the money, the, the, the utility going into your house to heat your home. And by the way, to run your gas stove that you can't have anymore. Well, we don't have to get ourselves crazy about the gas stove insanity just yet. I've been talking about that. The White House, uh, via the Consumer Protection Safety Commission, saying that gas stoves cause asthma in children, and therefore we have to ban them. And the next thing you know, everybody in, uh, on, in the Democratic Party is like, oh, yes, gas stoves are horrible. We've known this for years. No one ever talked about it until three days ago, and now it's a big thing. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, let's go back to that number where you see 3% utility-piped gas service. So that's heating your house. But then you take a look at gasoline, and I have uh, noticed this, that gas prices in December did drop, but as I anecdotally drive around Indianapolis, 
gas prices are back over $3 a gallon. They were at that $289 number. So is this 9.4 down on gasoline, all types, down 16.6 on fuel oil? Is that the, a, a blip for December that has no real recognition uh, in, in the marketplace? Or is there something else at play? And when I say no well, recognition Tony, in the marketplace... Yeah, there's a couple things. First of all, gasoline prices always fall in the winter. That's normal. They always go up in the summer when people are driving and down in the winter because there's simply less demand. But also, there's another thing happening here, and that is the global recession. So, you know, Biden wants to take credit for the decrease in in demand for for gasoline, which causes the price to go down. Well, the decrease in demand is because of a recession. So did you want to take credit for the recession also, the global recession that we're experiencing? Because that's what causes the decrease in energy prices, because there's less demand when the economy is shrinking. And we have a lot of evidence that the economy is shrinking, Tony. And if we want to get into the PMI report from last week, that is a dramatic negative news, we can do that. But no, this energy price drop is is not a... It's a good thing for our wallets, but it's not a good thing for the economy. All right, Dr. Will, let's go back over something if we can, because I want to go over why it is people are going to see a negative number, prices going down on gasoline, all types, and fuel oil, and yet there's still this conversation that this is a problem, that this is about global recession, that this is about Russia. Because when people see it, they're like, what are you complaining about? Gas prices are down. I want to get into the nitty and the gritty of why it's a bigger problem than people think. Well, well Tony, let's talk about the gasoline versus the fuel oil, okay? But they are related. Gasoline prices always go down in the winter. People are driving less. So when you drive less, there's less demand, so the price drops. That has nothing to do with anything that the administration is doing. But at the same time, fuel oil, which is used in the production and manufacturing of stuff, when that price drops, it's often because of lack of demand. What does lack of demand mean, Tony? Recession. That means companies aren't making stuff. Companies aren't manufacturing items. And if we look at the report from last week, the, the Institute for Supply Management report, we have the second month of contracting manufacturing, the second month of contracting new orders, the second month of contracting production, the, the, the third month of supplier deliveries dropping. Tony, this is real data right now that says the demand for energy is low because the economy is shrinking. One of the other numbers that shows up here is that all items less food and energy, which they call the core CPI, Consumer Price Index, is up 0.3. So everything else is, I believe it's 0.6 because food is up 0.3, which if you do, do you then annualize that and you multiply that by 12? Yeah, I would. And Tony, look at it. It's the same. It's the same as it was in October. It actually is up from up from last month. So we aren't the battle between Biden and Powell is still going on. Biden's trying to spend money. Powell is trying to cut inflation. The inflation progress is very slow. Tony, we should be much further along the the killing of inflation battle here. And we're not further along. And that has to do with the administration. And hopefully the new Congress will be able to slow them down. But I'm not too impressed with their ability to, to do things as I've seen the last week. So when you see this CPI at 0.6 and you see the core at 0.3, what you have been saying all along, as for as long as we've been talking together, Dr. Will, is that that doesn't matter. 
What matters is this manufacturing number. What matters is, is that there is no stock and no one's making anything to stock because no one can afford to stock anything. That's still your driving principle? It is, Tony, because that's the boots-on-the-ground number from the survey of ISM, the Institute for Supply Management, that talks to the manufacturers. You talk about Main Street, Tony. This is a Main Street report. They're calling on the phone. They're asking, what are you doing? And they're saying, we have no backlog of orders. For three months in a row, Tony, no backlog of orders. Customer inventories are shrinking for the 75th month, Tony, 75 months now. The inventories for customers have been shrinking. People aren't buying stuff. People aren't manufacturing stuff because there's nothing to – they're not buying stuff, Tony. And then if you want to get into prices on food, you know, let's forget energy. Let's look at food. Let's look at eggs. There's a lot of problems out there in the inflation front, Tony. The egg prices. I mean uh- – People who listen to the show all the time, I'm constantly getting inundated with what is going on with the price of eggs, with the price of milk, all of these things. But there was President Biden just today in front of a sign, uh, you know, he's got the, the backdrop that says costs are coming down. And this is what he said. And as inflation is coming down, take home pay for workers is going up. Workers' wages are higher now than they were seven months ago, adjusted for inflation. So is that true, sir? Uh, costs are coming down, wages are going up? Tony, that, that's contradictory. How can he look in the mirror and say that honestly? Wages are a cost. Wages are the cost of manufacturing items. It's the cost that goes into the stuff that you buy in the store. So apparently he's saying that prices are going up here, but prices are going down there. Can he make up his mind? Yes, Tony. The top line number is going down slowly. It's not nearly as slow as it should be, and the core price is exactly where it was two months ago. I don't know what you think, Tony, but 5.7 last two months ago and 5.7 today is the same number. So now... What does the market do? You talk about the idea of recession. I believe we've been in a recession for the last six months, but it seems like nobody believes that people are still shopping. They're still doing all sorts of things. We're in the recession. This is still taking place. What now that we're into 2023 is the expectation? What are other economists saying out there? And what indicators from other businesses and other nations are out there that should have people like us concerned, even if Wall Street isn't paying attention? Well, Tony, you know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because the World Bank just came out with an estimate yesterday that showed growth forecast plummeting across the globe. And uh, Bloomberg just came out with a report as well, where they pulled every single major economic uh, organization out there. You name, you know, you name the organization, Tony, you know, Citibank, BCA, Barclays, BNP, BN, all of them, BlackRock. They all say that 2023 has a higher than normal expectation of, infl- of recession. Many of these organizations like the World Bank are saying that many countries are already in a recession. And even though it's not showing up in the GDP numbers, because you and I, Tony, we talk about the GDP numbers or the official number, and we were officially in a recession. But when you look at the manufacturing base of our country, it's contracting. It's been contracting for two months, and the rest of the world is contracting more. If you are advising people, and I am not holding you to anything, um, many people have discussed over the last year, over 2022, um, hold on to your cash. 
hold your cash. You're going to need it. Others, and you've been one of these people, saying buy the goods now because the cash is going to be worth less and less going forward. Which one is the right mathematics going towards 2023? Well, Tony, now that you know, we're in if, it, I if people say. would have taken my advice last year, they would have been in good shape. Now, this month, used car prices dropped, so that may not have been the asset. But if you'd have bought a Rolex or gold or if you'd have brought a, another fixed asset, you would, be, you would be in pretty good shape. Going forward, Tony, um, I'm a person that's pushing income-producing investments. So rental property. While the property value may go down, the rental income will continue to go up. So rental income, income-producing stocks, uh, utility companies, those are the ones that are going to be safe because as the market contracts, you want to be invested in something that produces income. That is Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L. Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box. You can find him there, sir. I always appreciate you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. a critical vulnerability here where the entire country had to be stopped because of something that probably you know involved one sector or another well again part of what you're seeing here is an abundance of caution and making absolutely certain that operations were safe but this is one of the reasons why uh we need to get these answers and and have this review uh, of exactly what happened uh because uh, we need to understand whether this reflects a systemic issue uh and what would uh, be required so that there's no single point of failure here Uh, again there need to be redundancies and uh, layers and layers of protection here uh this is an incredibly complex system uh So uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption. Well, what are you going to do about it, Pete? Pete, what's your plan? What is your plan? Oh, that's right. Go on vacation using a government plane. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina actually filed a bill. That would force the transportation secretary, you heard there, Pete Buttigieg, to fly commercial. Now, we should note that Pete Buttigieg has been flying on military jets with his husband on military planes. Well, you think of it differently, flying private. When Congressman Tom Price became the Secretary of Health and Human Services under Donald Trump, I was excited. I was thrilled. Tom Price, good dude. Smart dude. Solid congressman out of Georgia. Respect for the guy. And then he, like, racked up a bill of a million dollars flying on military planes and other planes. And Trump fired him. That was the end of that. You want to talk about to, to the extent I would say crestfallen because Price is a good cat. But it was a, a, I have a standard and we don't do this kind of nonsense and that's the end of the ball game. How about what it is that the Biden administration is willing to accept? 
you're allowed to abuse the system, fly on the people's dime this way, and it's totally fine. I think Nancy Mace's legislation is interesting. I think the real question is, how come Joe Biden doesn't live up to the standards of Donald Trump? But with this outage that just took place with the FAA, the Senate is going to review. The Senate wants to review the cause of the FAA computer system outage. Go right ahead. But don't tell me, us, we, that this wasn't some cybersecurity issue. I get it. There's no proof of it. There's been no direct evidence or indication of that, but uh, we are also not going to rule that out until we have a, a clearer and better understanding of what's taking place. But again, so when they say it wasn't some level of cyber attack, they haven't ruled out cyber attack. Why is everyone just dismissing this like a thing? Which is why when they said it to me, I didn't believe them. Although I understand why they said it. If it was a cyber attack, would you want to admit it? Would you want to admit that the system we utilize to ensure that flying is safe is so vulnerable? I think that'd be a pretty bad thing to acknowledge. Pretty uh, problematic. But of course it's possible. Now what will you do when you find the people who engage a cyber attack if that's what it was? Because if it's the Biden administration, I got to assume it'll be the same thing they'll do to Pete Buttigieg for abusing his power and flying on these military jets. That's right. It's a lot of nothing. I don't know. Maybe I'm being negative. Hmm. I'll work on that. I promise you happier times coming up. I'm Tony Katz.